The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. We walk by faith and not by sight. Faith Hill, that's who we are. Well, praise the Lord. Let me say, we don't advocate bribery at Carrie's Bible College. So if you claim to get more points, you need to see me in my office. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you so much, Pastor T and Pastor Chipo, for just having us here. It has really been amazing. We feel at home being here. You guys are doing an amazing job. And so thank you so much. Thank you to everyone here present. And I hope that for those watching via Facebook, YouTube, and all the books, that you will be blessed. I believe you will be blessed. And I know that God indeed has something great for us today from his word. Amen. Amen. Now in the first service, were you blessed in the first service? Yeah. Okay, so, uh, that was a trick question because Pastor Tafari said those who were here in the first service. <laughs> Praise God. But I started in the first service and um, so I'll be teaching on what I've captured, making memories with the Lord. But in this time, I want to focus on us finishing strong. In the first service, I focus on exploring on the depths of God's love for us. So just maybe, you know, give us a few points so that it can make sense to you. But I made a statement and I said that, you know, just like a syringe is in the hand of a nurse, for injecting you with medicine to bring in an aid or relief to your body, the same is the preaching of God's word in the hand of God to bring in healing. So the nurse, medication brings relief, but the word of God brings healing to a specific area of your life. Making sense? And so in Luke chapter 5 verse, verse 17, it says, on a certain day when Jesus was teaching, it says the power of the Lord was present to healing all who were sick. And I said, from my side, sickness has really never been a challenge. I'm not a sicky person. Uh, I can't remember the last time I went to hospital, but I was sick in my head. Sickness is not only of the body. Sickness is of the soul. Why are you looking at me funny? <laughs> Amen. Sickness is of the head. And so the scripture says, as Jesus was preaching, the power of God was present to healing them. Now let me say this, healing is the result of the revelation of God's work. Freedom is the result of the revelation of God's word. You see, before you can experience healing in your physical body, you have to get a revelation of God's heart concerning healing. If you don't know that God wants you well, you'll keep praying, Lord, if it's your will, let me get healed. But when you know that it's, your, it's God's will, come on. My wife loves it because every time I'm attacked with a form of, I say, get out of here now. Come on. Amen. The Bible says you must put your flesh under. Come on. So for some right. of us, we put it under very well. And so healing is really the result of the revelation of God's word. When light comes, darkness has to be. And so revelation, I believe, is the bedrock is the bed upon which healing is birthed. 
whether healing your finance, whether healing in your body, whatever form of healing, whether it's restoration, whatever that it is. And so just this past Thursday, for those watching via Facebook and YouTube, Thursday here in South Africa was our Heritage Day, where the nation obviously celebrated, you know, where God has brought us from to where we are now, and the, the different tribes also celebrated their roots of where they've come from. So different people had to wear different attires. Uh, some family also, you know, really celebrated God for what God has brought them through as a family. But I want to say that for us as believers, whilst we do celebrate our earthly heritage, you and I have something greater from above, or we have a better heritage from above. We looked at James chapter 4 and we said, that the scripture said, but the wisdom that is from above, so there's wisdom that is from above. And then in John chapter 3, it says, but he who comes from above or whatever that is from above is above all. And so the way that you and I stay above in life is to do it God's way. It's amazing how people want to experience the bliss of marriage, but yet they do it according to the way of the world. It's impossible. It's amazing. It's amazing. That people want to experience the bliss of marriage but they are not consulting the one who created it in the first place. But are doing it the way of the world and they're expecting to find or experience the result that God has intended it to be. And so we then ask the question, what then, what are some of the heritages we have in Christ? Among many, among many, we looked at the love of God. The scripture says, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. And not only did he give his only begotten son, not only did he love you, but in Romans chapter 5 verse 5, it says that very same love that God had for the world now dwells in us. Man, that's powerful. Man, that is powerful. And that love that is in us, it's in us for two reasons. Number one, it's for your experience internal and then for the expression, the external. And then I said, you can never exhale what you've never inhaled. Come on. Right? Wow, that's good. You can never exhale until you've inhaled. Wow. Now let me say this. Some marriage couples are trying to make a withdrawal when they've never made a deposit. <laughs> if you don't have money in your bank account, you will be, it will be the height of stupidity to run to F&B <laughs> with your card rejoicing on a Saturday morning trying to withdraw from your account when you've never made a deposit. Until there's a deposit, there cannot be a withdrawal. Amen. And so the love of God is first for your experience internally. Come on. And then for the expression. The scripture says, by this shall all men know that you are my disciple. And so the love of God is by which you and I are identified. It's our passport, our ID book. <laughs> in which you are identified to whom you belong to. Amen. For me to, for you to know that I'm a South African, I need to show you my ID. Yeah. Oh yeah? What? Where am I from? <laughs> South Africa. Your identity book or your passport reveals to you or reveals to someone your identity and the nation from which you come from. The love of God is our ID book by which we are identified to whom we belong. By this shall all men know that you are my disciple if you love, if you love. 
Take notes. He never said by the miracles. That's good. And the signs and the wonders. Because hear this. You can give without not loving. Come on. Come on. But you cannot love without not giving. And so love is what gives value to everything you do in life. Come on. Good preaching. Because at the end, some will say, but Lord, we cast out demons. We did all this. But he said, but I never knew you. Come on. But for those who understand the depth of how God loves them. We read from John chapter 20 where we said, those who know how much they are loved will always outrun those who claim to love God. And so the ministry of Jesus was never about how much you love God, but rather you discovering, knowing the depth of how much the Father loves you. That's good, brother. In Matthew, he says, man, the Son of Man did not come to be served. He came to serve. Right? So I say, Uncle Abe, I, the Son of Man, Jesus, have not come into your life for you to serve me. But I have come into your life so that I can serve you. Guys, this is powerful. God Almighty is in your life, not for you to serve him, but he's in your life. Think about it. Man, it is the, the height, it is the most, oh man, that he left the throne of heaven to come down on earth, to possess, to contain himself in the flesh of a human being so that he can relate to you and I. I don't care what title you have. You know, sometimes people think, oh, oh so you're the director of the ministry. I said, what did you expect? <laughs> because the only way you wear three-piece suit and all this funny stuff that people do. But as I see myself in Christ and I recognize the fact that man, he left the, he left the heavens, the thrones from heaven to confine himself to a body so that he can relate to you. Who am I as a director not to be able to come down to your level? Regardless. Amen. Don't get it twisted. We might be simple, but the fire is hot. Hey, fire. Huh? Remember the burning bush of the burning bush. The bush was burning but without smoke. That's right. Amen. Yep. That's wow. That's good. Smoke hurts people. The bush was burning, but without smoke. That's a picture. The fire can be burning internally, but without it not affecting people in a negative way. That's power. But you can be seated with the woman at the well. Oh, thank you, Lord. She was speaking to Jesus. Didn't even know that this was the Son of God. How powerful is it? When they came to capture Jesus, they asked, who is Jesus? He was with the disciples. They couldn't identify who Jesus was. He looked just like his disciples. Oh, glory. At the ministry, we've trained the leaders to say, man, if anybody comes here, they should not identify or know who the director is, unless if you know me. But when they look at you, they should know that you are the director. They must ask. Wisdom. Because the problem is, this is what happens. We treat each other so badly until Pastor Tafara comes. And then, oh, good morning, sir. how are you today? <laughs> the lady that wipes the chairs at church. 
that cleans the church deserves the same mm. honor and respect, That's just right. like Pastor Tafar. Amen. 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 That's right. That's right. That's right. The same. Right. In, in Philemon, Philemon. Philemon chapters, chapter 1, there's only one chapter. <laughs> Philemon. Where I come from, they say Philemon. You have, to, you have to add the base, Philemon. The base has to be there. But Philemon, Philemon chapter 1. Verse 7. Sorry, verse 8. Philemon, Philemon chapter 1, verse 8. Thank you, Jesus. Are we there? Almost getting there. Praise God. All right, let me read it whilst we wait for it on the screen. It's always nice just to put it before our eyes. It's after Titus. Before the book of Hebrews. There we go. Philemon chapter 1 verse 8. It says, Therefore, though I might be very bold in Christ to command you what is the fitting. Paul is speaking. He said, Though I might be very bold in Christ to command you what is fitting. Verse 9. Yet for love's sake, I rather appeal to you. The love of God constrains you. I have the authority as a pastor to command you in certain things, but because of love, I rather appeal to you. Think of how a house will be when we got married, I couldn't wait to be right with my wife. No, but you know I'm right. And you said it 20 sound, just at least she gets it. But it caused a lot of problems. It caused a lot of problems. Well, not too many problems, but you know, I realized we were not happy. So I was spending time with the Lord and the Lord gave me two points. He said, I need to dwell with my wife with understanding. And also, secondly, I needed to, it wasn't about who was right or who was wrong. And now, by God's grace, we've gotten to the point where even when I'm right, I still tell her, my love, I'm sorry that the whole thing happens, you know? But that's what love does. Love doesn't parade itself. Love doesn't boast in itself. I have the authority to command you for the position in which I hold, but for love's sake. Husbands, you don't have to be right. Wives, you don't have to be right. But I'm saying all this, and I went on and I said to you, I said, Jesus never told us to love God. Ah, it's quiet. Because they were testing him when they asked him, what is the first commandment? And then he answered because it was a test. It was something that existed. But he went on further and he said, but a new commandment I give you, that you love your neighbor even as I have loved you. And the emphasis was not even about loving your neighbor, but rather as I have loved you. Because the depth in which you know how much he's loved you is to the degree in which you will love your neighbor. So instead of focusing, trying to love people, Rather focus in experiencing the Father's love. The deeper I go with God, the further I go with man. 
In Ephesians, it says that you might grow in the depth, the height, the width, so that you can comprehend with all the saints. And not all the saints are pleasant. The purpose of you growing in the depth and the length, the height and the breadth, is so you can comprehend with all the saints. And all means all, everybody. Some people are easy to get along with, but not everybody is easy to get along, even though they are a saint. But there's a place in God's love that you grow. That it doesn't matter how difficult, how bad, how battered the person is. Whatever they're doing gets swallowed up in the depth of God's love. There is an operation in you. Sometimes people think we don't care. It's not because we don't care. There's a degree and a dimension of God's love that you experience. That you are not afraid of the messes. When you think you are hurting me, I'm loving you in response. It's like a coal of fire on top of their heads. Love is as powerful as death. But I want to speak about finishing strong. But in order to finish strong, it's important that you understand that you are loved. Because until you understand the depth of how much God has loved you, it will be difficult to finish strong because you will get tired on the journey. You will get tired on the journey. I've said it many times in Psalm 149. Maybe let's just recap a bit. Psalm 149 verse 4. The scripture says, I will beautify the humble with salvation. So salvation, as I've said, and as you guys know, that is God's beautification agenda for us for life. In salvation is joy, peace. That's why for some of us, your life is better now that you've become a Christian. Salvation beautifies you. If your Christianity or the church you are in is not beautifying you, then there's a problem. Because salvation will always leave you better than it found you. Salvation is a plus, not a minus. Your life ought to be better and not go from bad to worse. But in John chapter 3 verse 8 concerning salvation. John chapter 3 verse 8. Nicodemus is having a conversation with the Lord and finally the Lord brings him to this point. He says, the wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. And then he says, so is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Oh, thank you, Jesus. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. So God is likening your salvation experience to that of a wind. I want to share some things that I'm hoping that it will provoke you to not see yourself the same. The wind is one of the strongest forces, if not the strongest. I've never seen a tornado, but I've seen pictures of it. When a tornado is coming for you, it takes houses, it it uproots houses. It stops everything in its way. Okay? Now, when it comes to fire, you can dam fire with water. So when there's a fire in your house, you put water. Hey, mama, please, fire, fire. And then you put water on top of it, right? But water, you can dam water with concrete to direct it. That's why if you go to Dubai, they can build, you know, buildings in water because they use concrete to direct it, to guide it. But wind, you can't stop it. Oh, 
You can't stop it. But you can only use the wind to your advantage. What God is saying is this. By the reason of your redemption, whatever that is stopping mankind should not stop you. Whatever that is breaking people should not break you. Coronavirus should not be breaking you. Whatever that is hindering people should not hinder you. Because you are too powerful for anything to stand in your way. You know, these are things we enjoy. And then when we come up in silence, people don't know what we've been eating. Then I know who I am. Then I know who I am. The wind is unstoppable. You can only use it to your advantage. That's why it is only to the advantage of any nation. Or let me say, it is to the advantage of the company you are working for that you are there. That's what it is. Nothing stops the wind. Nothing can hinder the wind. Either it goes over you, under you, through you, or bulldoze you over. Nothing hinders the wind. And so in Genesis chapter 3, verse 9 to 11, this is the account where Eve saw the fruit. She was moved by her sight. She ate the tree from the tree and gave some to the husband. And so their eyes were open. Genesis chapter 3. Can we start from verse 8, please? Chapter 3, verse 8. So after they'd, been, they'd seen themselves naked, he said, Then they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. The Lord God among the trees of garden. They hid themselves from the presence of the Lord into the trees. They move from the presence into the trees. You see, you always, whenever you move from something, you always tend to something else. There's always something you are moving to. But because they had moved from the presence of God into the trees, God comes in and then in verse 9, he says, Then the Lord, called, the Lord God called Adam and said to him, Where are you? I would like you to underline that verse, that three words. Where are you? It's very important. Because from where you are is where you function from. Where are you? Because now they've moved from the presence. They've moved from the spirit and are now conscious and aware of the flesh. Adam, where are you? And so they answered and said, but Lord, we heard your voice. And so we hid ourselves. And the Lord said to them, but who told you? And so this question, this morning, my question is, where are you? Where are you? In the place of your soul. Are you one in with your spirit? Where life is, where peace is, where joy is, where blessings are? Or are you in the place where it's worry, depression, anxiety? uncertainty, hopelessness. Where are you? Because hear this, 
From where you are is from where you function from. Where are you? And so these three words have become an indication for myself. You know when you drive a car and your petrol light comes off, beep, 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 beep. It's an indication that you need to fill up. And these three words have become an indication for me. That in every decision that I make, as I'm relating and dealing with people, it's always, Isaac, where are you? From where are you operating from? From where are you functioning from? From where are you making decisions from? Is it from the place of my spirit? Or is it from a place of worry, fear, anxiety, and the fear of the animal? Where are you? Where are you? And so in finishing strong, I believe that Jesus was the greatest finisher. And the greatest defining moments in history were moments when someone chose not to give up. And I believe that is the same in your own personal lives. If you can go back into the archives of your life, you will realize that the defining moments in your life was when you chose not to give up. Maybe when a, a guy you know, dumped you and you thought it was the end of the world. You cried a little bit. Okay, let me use myself because it's not working. I remember I used to use all my money to buy gifts for, uh, for some ladies that I chase after and today they are nowhere. But the one I didn't buy anything for is here with me. Hey, God is, in, God is good, huh? But think about it. <laughs> but think about it, guys. There's been moments in our lives, Pastor Tafari behave. But there's been moments in our lives where we've been hurt, we've been disappointed, where we could have given up. Let me say this. Some people have committed suicide having gone through some of the things that you've been through. The difference was because you chose not to give up. Some people have lost their heads because of divorce. Some people have killed themselves because of divorce. But because you chose to not give up was a defining moment in your life. And let me say this. Maybe you are here and you are going through something and you feel that way. Lord, what is, when is it going to happen to me? Why are things not working the way they are? I believe I'm here to say to you, don't give up. Maybe the business is not going the way you had planned it to. Maybe for some reason things are being delayed. Don't give up. You see, the Spirit of God in you is a spirit that never gives up. The Spirit of God is a spirit that never gives up. Jesus found himself in the Garden of Gethsemane. Oh, Lord. He had a moment where he could have given up. But he said this way, he said, Lord, not my will, but your will. You know why? He made the will of God the finish line in his life. That you will make God's will for your life the finish line. And here's the thing. When you are pursuing God's will for your life, there will be challenges. Jesus, the son of God himself, 
our perfect example. Let me tell you a funny story. So when Enelina and I were getting ready to go to Cape Town, you know, to be part of the ministry, I read through the Gospels, I can't remember how many times, but I had gotten a revelation of that Jesus was not only an example for me, but of me. And so I believe the Lord said to me, as it happened to him, so will it happen to you. And the Lord said to me, you need to prepare your heart for certain things. That even in your leadership, there will be a Peter, there will be a Thomas, and there will be a Judas. The scripture says, I tell you these things so that you will not stumble when the time comes. God wants us to live a prepared life. And if you have a good relationship with this book, nothing will make you lose a tear or your joy. Because the book is the receipt of everything we have in Christ. And this is, you know, okay, let me tell you another funny one. You know, the scripture says the same things that you are going through, your brethren are going through the same thing. Okay? So what that means is my challenges, you are also going through your challenges. It might not be the same. So when people come and act all proper, I just are you. The Bible gives you an inside information to life that if you have a good relationship. So God said to me, prepare your heart. Because you have a Judas, a Thomas, someone who will doubt you. Someone who will betray you. But the purpose is this. It's not about them betraying. We know the end of the story and what happened to them. But it's just to prepare you as a person so you don't take offense. That even though they do what they do, you can say, the Father, forgive them. And so the love of God is God wanting to bring you to a higher place. It's never what people are doing. It is God wanting you to recognize the greatness and the depth of what he has in you. So that even when they hurt you, have you noticed how when, when someone hurts you and they expect you to behave in a certain way and you don't, they get offended? Oh, I enjoy those moments. Oh, they hurt you very badly, and I mean very badly. And they know what they're doing. We had an incident, and this person, he was just so mean and just. And I walked, I said, The joy of the Lord is my strength. He says, Why are you happy? I said, The joy of the Lord is my strength. Man, God is good. Jesus made the will of the Father his finish line. And when you are pursuing God's will, he was mocked. He was spat on. He was rejected. He was killed. And no one has wanted to kill you, so please. Your own is not that bad. I love the story of David. David behaved wisely. Even though, man, Saul was after his life. He had opportunities of killing the very same person that wanted to kill him. The scripture says that you need to be as wise as a serpent and as gentle as a dove. I did a research on a serpent. He didn't say be as cunning as a serpent. He says be wise. So don't confuse the two. He says be as wise as a serpent. So he didn't say be cunning. Cunning is not the nature of God. But I realized that a serpent studies its prey two hours before it makes a move. It studies them. 
The point is this. Be wise as a serpent. Are you able to keep silent for two hours even though you have the answer, even though you are right before you speak? Be wise as a serpent. A serpent is able to fit in the smallest hole, flexibility. Can you be flexible? That even though this is not my kind of people, but I can still be flexible. You know, some people say, when I come to this church, oh, the music is not my kind. It's too fast. It's too this. Can you be flexible? That even though this person might not be your cup of tea, but you are so flexible to become all things to all men. Make the will of God the finish line of your life. Two things about people that finish strong and then we can close. The first one, or the first thing is that people that finish strong are very focused. They are focused regardless of the challenges that comes their way. When we got married, I told Annalena, I said, divorce is not an option. But I can say this to you, there's been many opportunities where we could have gotten divorced. But we chose not to take it. She nearly left me. She could have left me. I could have left her. But we chose not to. Because we're focused. You see, you are either focused in life or you are behaving like a locust, jumping from one place to another. You are either focused in life or you are behaving like a locust that jumps from one. You know, there are people that are involved in everything. Everything. At the end of the year, every time you call them, I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy. Oh, there was no time. At the end of the year, what have you accomplished? Ish. This one thing I do. This one thing I do. Let me say this. Life is dynamic only when it is specific. Life is dynamic only when it is specific. Focus people, people that finish strong are focused. And number two, people that focus, people that finish strong. In Acts chapter 20, it says, Nor do I count my life as dear to myself, so that I may finish the race I've been called to. People that finish strong don't consider their life as dear to themselves. They are not petty. Oh, you didn't greet me, so they're upset for the whole year. No, you hugged that person, they didn't hug me. No, you didn't greet me. They don't consider themselves as dear to themselves, but they consider Jesus. This is the most humbling thing I've learned in my life, and that is that all things are open before God. So whether you see me, you don't see me, God sees everything. And that's a positive. Because when promotion comes, He promotes. Nobody needs to be there. When you are conscious of God being there all the time, you do things unto God and not to men. And I believe there are many here who are feeling discouraged. Maybe you have felt like giving up. Or maybe because of the coronavirus, 
you feel that the plans you had hasn't come to pass the way it's supposed to be. I would like us to stand on this day. Husbands and wife, hold the hand of your wife. Maybe you are feeling discouraged for one reason or the other. But I want to encourage you that the Spirit of God in you is a spirit that never wants to give up. I just want to pray for us. Thank you, Lord. If you have been discouraged and you have felt like giving up and you feel that for some reason things haven't gone the way that you have expected it to go, I want you to put your hand on your heart. Father, we thank you for your Lordship. We thank you that you are a faithful God. Father, we thank you that you are the God who finishes what he starts. That's why your name is called the Alpha and the Omega. Lord, we thank you that you who has begun the great work in us, Lord, will bring it to completion. Father, thank you that what you do in our life is not dependent on the economy. It's not dependent on the government or anything of ourselves. And so, Father, we speak grace over every situation present and even over the situations via the, the YouTube and all the social media platforms. Whatever need there is in the homes, whatever need there is in the homes, Father, we speak your blessings and we declare in the name of Jesus that you are opening doors for your people. Father, we thank you for your favor. We thank you, Lord, that you who has begun the great work in us will bring it to completion. Father, if a GPS can recalculate and reposition us to a place where we can find our destination, how much more you? And I thank you, Lord, that you are redeeming the time for us. Father, we thank you. Lord, I pray that you are revealing yourself to the hearts of your people. Where those who are discouraged will begin to take courage in you, Lord. Where they will know that they are loved and accepted by you. Father, we thank you for your peace, Lord. Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness. We thank you for your goodness, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you are ministering to hearts in this place. Thank you, Lord, that you are redefining yourself in the hearts of your children. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your love. Father, we honor you. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you that we can rest and trust knowing that you who has called us, you are faithful and you will do it. We thank you for our time together. We thank you for your word. And we thank you, Lord, that we are gaining grounds into the things of you as we become all that you've called us to be. We praise you for our time here together in Jesus' name. Amen, 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 amen. Please, you may be seated. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today. We walk by faith and not by sight. Faith Hill, that's who we are.